Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now at the time of recording, um, yesterday was the announcement in Scotland that there will be an extended lockdown into February. I don't think it was a surprise to anyone. Um, I think personally from what I hear um, or what people are telling me that it's more likely going to go on until March. But my thought process is that if it goes on until March, they're going to come out and then just put us straight into a tier four, which let's face it, is just a fancy word for uh, a lockdown anyway, isn't it? So if you are kind of hoping for the gyms to open soon and, and kind of waiting and putting your physique goals on hold, I'd really strongly recommend, you know, if you haven't already, get yourself some equipment, maybe perhaps if you can join up with another sort of fellow teammate or someone close by, chuck it all in a garage or a lockup, um, use it individually, you know, to have a schedule, a WhatsApp group chat of when you each go in, wipe it all down, um, and, and that's sort of a way you can work around it. So I guess that there's a lot of um, people out there that are pretty much kind of getting on with it and have some decent home setups. And that's why I'm, I'm pretty confident that shows will go on if um, you kind of think, use two bros as an example. They seem to be the only one fed that hasn't really said, you know what, we're actually going to move any show dates. I think that their sort of idea behind the process is that by now, um, a lot of the people that will be competing um, more than likely have a place to train because they maybe got through a loophole, um, you know, as a an elite athlete, or um, they've got a lot of invested a lot of money from kit from home. Because for some people across the country, you know, I'm I'm maybe fortunate enough that it's only the second lockdown that I'm in, but I, I know that for some people it's their like fourth one, um, which which kind of sucks, you know, especially for um, for like say people in Glasgow, people down south. Um, but from where I am, it's just sort of lockdown number two. So. Nothing, uh, nothing to do but just sort of continue to, to do the do, um, as I always say to my clients. And the purpose of today's podcast, uh, I think this sort of tied in well um, with the sort of the leg day, designing a leg day podcast as well, is just to talk about banding um, and kind of use uh, sort of leg exercises as examples of as to, to why we do this and why we don't. And I feel, before I get into it, there's there's always going to be like people are always going to have an opinion on whether you should or shouldn't do something right and that might be an example of you know a client of mine a few months ago was in a gym banding a machine and someone went up to them saying you know why the fuck are you doing that what's the point and I always think that that reaction often stems from just a lack of understanding of reasonings behind why we are doing something and the reason I say that is because that was me a few years ago, back in sort of say twenty fifteen, um, if you you know twenty sixteen start twenty sixteen, if you like, if I had saw anyone band a machine, I would instantly put it down, say it was a load of shite because I think it's, I didn't have an understanding of how it worked, and it's really as I as I understood it, I then saw right okay that really actually makes sense, but I'm still kind of hesitant, and then it was only as I kind of went and then did a set. Did I say right? I'm, I'm convinced. But I think what you'll hear a lot of is, oh, there's no point. Um, what you know? Why are you doing that? Dorian, Dorian didn't do it. Ronnie didn't do it. And I was, I was like, yeah, but you know, you don't. You're not Dorian Yates. You're not. <laughs> you're not Ronnie Coleman. Um, and and the cool thing about sort of science um, is that we learn over time, and we adapt and we evolve, right? And that's there's a there's a coin phrase. I thought it was Joe Bennett that said it. You maybe heard on a previous po- podcast. Um, for the same reason why we don't drive horse carriages anymore, we drive Ferraris. Is the, is the same reason why we'll maybe adapt an exercise because we'll get a bit more 
out of it. You know, how quickly you're going to get somewhere in a horse and carriage versus a Ferrari, you do the math on that one. So I would say it has been a, a kind of a growing, you could call it a growing trend. Um, you've probably seen on Instagram or in your gyms, um, people attaching bands to machine, but, but maybe you're sort of, you're still kind of looking at it and you're thinking, I'm not too sure, or you're maybe doing it and you aren't sure why. So this podcast, I'm going to team with an article um, that will go live on the website within within a week or two of this podcast being released, or it might be roughly the same time. I understand that some people learn things differently, so maybe perhaps you need to see a bit more sort of visuals, um, which I'll include in the article, um, or you might just be able to hear this, understand it, visualise it yourself, um, and kind of and kind of go from there. So, what I would say is, as sort of bodybuilders, physique athletes, you know, whatever you want to call ourselves, um, when when we're training, like our main focus in the gym, like on any exercise, is we're trying to to break down muscle mass. Now, why are we trying to do that? Well, we want to recover and we want to grow. I think that we need to address the reasons sort of what we're looking to do before I get into to bands. So on any given move, we want to try and work a muscle through its complete, what we would call contractile range. Now that's a fancy word, but it's a fancy word for saying like, we want to work it from its completely shortened position through its mid range to its completely lengthened position if we can, if we can get it completely short and completely long. And when we're continuously sort of shortening and, and lengthening, like as bodybuilders, we're trying to create as much muscular tension in that target muscle group as we possibly can, we're trying to recruit as many individual muscle fibers because we know that by doing so, we will be able to produce more work, do the load more effectively, but also get as much breakdown as we possibly can. Now, let's maybe look at the flip side of that. If we were to go into a move, you know, and let's say we, we didn't think of recruiting any muscle fibers, and let's say there was, there's a way, there was a way um, that we could see how much activation we're getting. There actually is a way, but I'm not going to get into it. But let's say, hypothetically, it came off and it said, you know what, you, you, you sort of activated 50% of your, of your glutes in that move without doing anything. Let's say it was a move that was you know, hip extension. And then let's say you did the same set, but you had a conscious intent to recruit as many sort of muscle fibers as you possibly could, create as much tension. You come off the machine and they say, well, listen, you got 85 to 90% you know, muscle fiber recruitment in that. So I guess you can probably put two and two together in your mind of which one you're going to benefit from more if your goal is to you know, gain new muscle mass. And to, to put it bluntly in layman's terms, you know, the more the more breakdown we get in the gym through maybe perhaps creating a bit more muscular tension, um, creating more overload, we're going to get more growth. You know, that's something that we we want to happen. So why does all this matter when it comes to, to banding a machine? Well, again, before I get into that, you know, what if I was to tell you that at certain points when we're doing a lift, as we are shortening a muscle and lengthening a muscle, taking it through its contractile range, that at certain points throughout that move, the muscle itself could be stronger and could be weaker. 
it's well known fact that where the muscle is at its shortest, for example, um, the top of a leg extension, if we're thinking about the quad, um, it's going to be weak there. And at the same time, it's also going to be weak where we perhaps experience sort of full knee bend, so where the quad is in a lengthened range. And if you think of that, it could be the bottom of a leg extension, but it also could be, like let's say, the bottom of uh, a V-squat. And you're thinking, Vaughn, that's cool, right? I, I know I'm, I'm weak there, but, you know, where am I strong? So majority of tissue, if not all, is you're going to be strong in that mid-range. And by that, I mean, like, your, your body's efficiency, the muscle's efficiency to exert force on the weight that you're lifting is heightened, right? Whereas that same load that you're lifting where the muscle's short, your muscle's capacity to, to produce force is gonna be a little bit weaker. So if you were to ever hear me say, muscles are weak at their extremities, hopefully you now know what I mean. Where a muscle's short and where a muscle is long. And, and here's the thing, like, you've actually got some people that have designed machines in such a way to try and complement this, right? If you look at, or, or they've designed it in a way that you can manipulate this. Like if you were to take a prime leg extension where you, it has three points at which you can put the weight on. Um, if, you, if you're listening to this right now and you can't visualize this, just go Google prime leg extension. You'll see there's three parts. If you were to put all all the plates on the very top one, what you'd find without getting really into it is that as you as you sort of straighten your leg, you'll find that it's get, you know it's, it sort of has this drop off at the top. Now that in itself is because the force itself or the um, the load is getting closer to the axis of rotation, right? But don't wor don't worry about that. Just just be aware that some machines have been designed in a way or allow you to, to place load um, in a way that we can get a drop off where the muscle is weak. And then as we get into where the muscle is strong, the load kind of, it, it hits us straight away. And then you're like, well, okay, why why does that matter? Well, if we, if we know that, let's say we have a certain weight on the machine and we were to, to try and say do 10 reps. And let's let's use the leg extension as an example. Let's say we manage seven reps where we kind of get in that fully shortened range, but then the next three, we are only able to kind of get almost half, like half or three quarters of the way up. Let's take that exact same prime leg extension where what if we can get the full 10 reps, get in the shortened range and we still hit a a failure point. What we're uh, what we're allowing for is we're, we're we're being allowed to generate as much muscular tension and breakdown at every point across the contractile range, from where we're short, mid range to where the muscle is long. So ultimately, we're we're able to to generate more breakdown. Now remember what I said five minutes ago, is that if we get more breakdown, we are gonna get ultimately more growth. Okay, so now that you have the basics of kind of how a muscle sort of works in regards to where it's strong, where it's weak, now we can kind of get into, into banding because you're maybe thinking, right, well, what if a machine 
doesn't um, allow us like it, it doesn't it's not designed to do that but we go through these sort of ranges um, could we perhaps use a band to to change what's going on well the answer would be absolutely you could do so let's start on why we'd maybe perhaps ban some exercises from the top and again really hard to visualize this um, unless you you kind of do it so the article uh, might help we'll also have a video of um, on the YouTube channel here within the next sort of two or three weeks of how to do this exactly. It'll be how to um, reverse band a hack squat, how you can band a V squat, and then how you can band a leg press. So hopefully those tutorials will help. If you haven't been on the YouTube channel, check it out. There'll be over 110 exercise tutorial videos coming soon. So if we band it from the top, this is also kind of called reverse banding. So let's take a machine that everyone kind of knows, which would be the hack squat. Now on the hack squat, as you like drop down, you you know I want you to imagine what's happening in the quads themselves. So as you kind of drop to the bottom, the quad is getting longer, all right. And again, I want that to sort of turn your head right. It's getting longer, so our ability to produce force is sort of weaker. As you come up out of the bottom, usually that's where the the hack squat, not necessarily gets easier but are, you know you you find that as you do you're able to kind of get the rep that makes sense and that's just because your body's ability to produce force at that point in the contractile range is heightened so again that thought process behind well okay let's attach say one green band to the top now as you drop down to the bottom of the hack squat the, that green band um, is pulling upward, right? So it's kind of making the load that you're doing the li that little bit lighter. So what it's allowing for is you know that in the bottom position you're a little bit weak, so it's allowing you to put a little bit more load on the bar, right? I'll get to that and why that's a benefit in a second. It drops off at the bottom. So in that position where you're weak, we have this internal thought process, this internal cueing that we can initiate better because the load is actually a little bit lighter. So we've initiated that a little bit more We've got the quads on, and then we start to drive upward. As we start to drive upward, we get to that mid-range. At that point, the band kicks off. It's no longer helping us pull back up. But we know that the quad's strong in that, at that point. So you might find the band's no longer pulling up. You've got a bit more on the machine than you usually would have on. I always just say, like, if I was sitting here, I would probably punch my, my hand and say it's just going to hit you like a ton of bricks in that mid-range. So we get more overload in that mid-range. And you're thinking, right, well... I get more mechanical tension, I initiate more, more muscle fiber recruitment at the bottom, I then get more overload at the pump where I'm strong. Well, man, isn't that going to lead to more breakdown? Yeah, 100% it is. Leads to more breakdown. From that, we know we get more growth. Now, one other thing to think about as why we banned it from the top, and I'm going to try and put this again as in layman's terms as I can, is as, as we get really strong, Right, as you start to put quite a few plates on, um, we have something called inertial effects. Now, inertial effects, a fancy word to think of it is that if something's moving, it wants to keep moving. If something's static, it wants to stay static. So if we have a fuckload of weight on a machine and we drop down with it, well, the inertial effects on that is in the case of that the, that that load is wanting to continue to go downward, right? So if we have this sort of drop off in load and this pull back up, it reduces that inertial effect and ultimately it 
it's going to save your joints, <laughs> right? If we were thinking about trying to, um, you know, up, like reduce or, or help joint integrity, reverse banding from the top would be very smart. It can, and by doing so, it's going to increase the longevity in which you do this. You know, how many bodybuilders, old school bodybuilders, have you seen that tell you about a bad knee and that they can't do this and they can't do that, maybe a bad hip or whatever it is? And that could be to do because, you know, the joint was just getting pounded with load over the years of the years of years, which is sort of its integrity is broke down. Well, what if we could just exercise in a way that allows us to save our joint integrity and be able to do this for for a long time? Like, I, I still want to be bodybuilding, lifting weights when I'm when I'm old and I'm grey. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I might have a little bit of a pot belly at that time, but I'll still be giving it the beans for sure. So without getting too fancy, the, the reverse band not only helps us from a sort of muscle growth perspective, but it's also going to help us in regards to just protecting our joints um, and, and increasing the longevity of, of how we do it. I hope that that description makes sense. If not, as I said, I'm going to refer you to the article that will be on the website here shortly. It'll either be on um, sort of the day after this podcast goes up um, or, as I said, the week the week after. So, cool. We've talked about sort of banding from uh, the top. Well, what about if we you know, you've maybe seen myself or the team um, band band stuff from the bottom, and and from that I'm going to give a I'm going to use a leg press as a as an example, um, because I often program that in, and again it's going to be the example I'm going to use with pictures in the article. So opposed to the band being at the top of the machine and it, it causing a drop off in load, if we were to to band the leg press from the bottom of the machine, what we'd find is that as we as we push away, as we push the leg press away, the bands pull towards us. So actually, you know, let's have 100 kilos on there. That 100 kilos is going to be a lot harder as those bands are sort of pulling towards you. So let's say you use two green bands. That's going to give you a lot, like it's going to feel a lot harder as you push away. Now, when, if I was to sort of take my feet quite low, low on the leg press, and I was to do like a quad focus leg press. Now, on a quad focus leg press, you know, we're, we're never really kind of getting the quad in a really like big lengthened position. So you could argue that that move is more sort of mid-range to short, but then we're never really getting it fully short to the point where we're extremely weak. So we're working that move in a range that, you know, we feel that the strength profile or the strength of the, like the, the muscle's ability to produce forces, it's kind of the same. Maybe perhaps it changes marginally. So what I tend to do and the reason why I program is I want to make that a little bit harder I know I want to try and get a little bit more muscle fiber recruitment muscle tension out of it so I often team the, the sort of banded leg press from the bottom with a very high rep set and you're probably wondering well why do I do that you know what's the thought process so a high rep set that the reason that that's programmed in is what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a lot of waste products from muscle contraction you know we, we call that metabolic waste you might have heard the words like lactic acid right lactic acid buildup so when we have like a lot a lot of reps not a lot of rest and uh, trying to you know maybe perhaps people are going to call it pump work blood work um, that has shown to cause an adaptive response to muscle right and by that i mean like a, we're going to grow from that so there's, there's three kind of mechanisms of muscle adaptation you've got muscle Mechanical, like muscular tension, mechanical load, metabolic stress. There's a few others, but those are the main three. So on this move, I'm like on that bottom, the bottom banded leg press. I'm trying to increase muscular tension, um, at the same like by using the bands, but at the same time, I'm using a, a metabolic, like metabolic work 
to elicit a response. So I'm effectively trying to hit two of those sort of three mechanisms of adaptation. And I've often found that just teaming those together um, creates a stimulus that number one is absolutely brutal, um, but also gives us a little bit of a hypertrophy response. Um, when else, you know, what's another scenario? I know I said hypertrophy there. If you're wondering, it's a big word, it's just muscle growth. If, is there another sort of reason why we would do this? Well, yeah, let's say um, you, you know, you're at home right now, you've bought a leg press, and it's, it's, it's an all right leg press, but you just can't really fit, fit a lot of, of weight on the machine. So to make the machine harder, you could simply band that. And if you're unsure of how to band it, you, you don't need to, it's, it's not complicated. Um, the As I said, the tutorials will be on the YouTube channel here soon. If they're not, by the time that you're listening to this, um, drop me a DM on Insta, I'll give you an update of when they'll be. But as the time of recording, I'm just waiting for a videographer to get back to me with some samples, and then he'll go edit the all the videos. But there's 110 of them, so um, that might take him a little bit of time. So that's the kind of, the two reasons, you know, we'd band, a, we'd band a machine from the top, from the bottom, um, and I really hope hope that that helps. Now, I guess one of the main questions you're, you're probably thinking about listening to this, like, I don't want you to, to listen to this and instantly say, right, I need to put bands in my program, they're not in, um, if you don't do band work, you're a shite bag. Um, no, no, I don't want you to think that at all. I want you to just sit and consider are bands for you? Let's say you are a mum, you've got a couple of kids, um, when, whenever the gym's open, let's say you go to the gym, you've only got an hour, right? Now, you're probably thinking in your head straight away, well, you know what, I, I want to get in and out, be efficient, I don't want to have to faff about the bands. Totally get that. You know what, in that scenario, bands aren't for you. However, I would maybe just challenge you and say that the first time you set it up, it's going to take you maybe 10 minutes. See the second time, it's going to take you 30 seconds. So again, there's maybe a way a way around that. Now, I would say that if you're at the start of your journey and you're maybe not that strong and you don't have a lot of muscle mass, personally, my own opinion, bands aren't for you. I think that you need to, to spend some time getting strong where you're weak, 100%. And, and I didn't use bands um, at the start of my journey for a long time, didn't need them. Uh, when I properly got into bodybuilding 2016 to 2017, um, my sort of men's physique prep, I didn't use bands at all. Um, I guess I didn't I didn't know and wasn't aware. But um, at the same time, you know, like I look back and I was nowhere near as strong as I am now. I was doing I, I was kind of doing a bit of different training then, it was more high rep stuff. But then when I started working with uh, it was James Sutton um, at the time, he sort of educated me on bands. I did some M10 camps um, and I started doing them and it allowed me to get even stronger. But I started training, training uh, even harder than I was before. So I think that, as I said, if you're at the start of your journey, um, I, I would say just get, get really strong with your weekend. And there's like, see now, I, I don't do a whole lot of reverse band stuff because I'm quite strong in certain positions where I was weaker before. So my ability to initiate and keep tension um, is there, but I might still reverse band one move instead of reverse banding two. Um, but I always feel that you can kind of periodically 
work through phases of reverse banding stuff and then not. And I think that it's kind of crucial for development to be able to like, right, okay, we're trying to save joint integrity, but at times we know that we need to get strong in that area. And, you know, let's say for example, your competitor, well, you know, whatever you're weak, it's your perfect opportunity to get strong. That's where you can look at it. So what I would say though, on the flip side of that is, let's say you are very strong or you know someone's very strong. You know, the longer that you do this for like bodybuilding, um, like the more the bands would be a welcomed uh, addition to your training. You know, not only for the the, the benefits that you've heard um, from out of respect to, to sort of muscle growth, but but mainly the, the benefits just to your joints and and being able to still do this for a long period of time and not have like an injury um, or a, a sore knee sort of stop you from bodybuilding, you know, maybe impact your motivation levels or whatnot, and then, you know, you're not able to step on stage and you're getting a bit fucked off because you're always injured. Because um, it's, as I said before, like, I think, I mean, I think as bodybuilders, like, physique athletes, we're always going to have some some sort of, some form of niggle, some sort of injury. You know, if I was to tell you, like, over the years, so, something's always not not right. Um but it's not as if it's like, you know, a broken arm. It's like, okay, well, this week, fuck that. My left shoulder's not feeling great. Um, and then that might be a couple of weeks and then after that, you know. So I'm not saying that you push through the pain by any means. I'm just saying that as bodybuilders, what we tend to do, or what we what we do, sorry, is we break down the body. We break down muscle mass and we train. If you're listening to this, you no doubt train to failure. So then you have to accept that there will come a point where you'll get injured. And yeah, you know what, it's it's really frustrating, but it, it is what it is. And I always think that your ability to stay positive and work around that injury and focus on what you can control and will often dictate the success in the, like of you getting back um, from that injury back to, to sort of full health. Um, and per- perhaps I should also say not being stupid and, uh, and just going fucking all guns blazing and full tilt. Um, you know the week that your physio says that everything's okay so i guess um in summary you know we could say that bands bands can make machines harder um where you're strong or, or lighter you know where you're weaker you know both both those scenarios are going to provide um a better stimulus for your muscle growth and your joint so i'll thank you for that in the long run so if you're like if you're unsure, if you've got bands, you want to incorporate them. If you're unsure how to band a machine, um, which sort of strength of band to use, um, that's something that we we do help um, when we when we sort of program in. You know, myself, Ali, and Clara. So by all means, um, sign up to the team. You know, arrange your consult call, and when when we program stuff in, um, we'll let you know. But on, on on the flip side of that, you know, if if you if you're not not for joining the team, then there will be um, a video on YouTube of how to do it. Um, although your machine, um, when you do get back to the gym, maybe that a little bit different. Um, as a side note from from today's podcast, you know, at this time of recording, whenever you're listening, um, we are all currently in um, a lockdown across the across the UK. Whether you, whether you're sort of Scotland, Ireland, um, England, or Wales, we're all we're all in a lockdown. I understand there's there's some listeners. Um, across the sea in the states and in Australia and whatnot, uh, maybe a little bit different where you guys are, but you know, for where we are, um, things are things are shut down again. And one thing I've noticed a lot from um, the recurring theme 
from from check-ins this past couple of weeks is that a lot of people are struggling um, a lot more than than they were in the first lockdown. I think everyone's just a little bit fed up, a little bit tired. The, the scenario it is what it is, right? But even though people have equipment, they're finding that motivation itself um, can be can be a little bit tired um, or just a little bit a little bit frustrating, right? If that's the case, um, I speak for myself and the team when I say please do reach out to us. Um, please engage with some of our content. We've got some great articles on the site um, in regards to, you know, Clara wrote a couple of great articles. Um, first lockdown saying you're coping with COVID and it was about sort of worry time techniques. Um, have, a, have a read of those. Reach out to us, drop in our DMs. We're happy to have a chat. Uh, we've actually arranged um, a weekly client webinar for all our clients to come on, um, especially the ones that are maybe perhaps living alone. Great tool for them, but just an opportunity to ask ask us questions. Um, although they can do that any time in the WhatsApp, just you know having their question answered um, in the group. The, the question stays anonymous. Um, the whole team can benefit, but then they get they, you know they're able to get a, a sort of experience from all three of us because how we coach is uh, maybe a little bit more different. You know, me and Ali might be might be a little bit more upfront. A little more ruthless. Uh, our coaching styles are a little bit different, though. Um, and then Clara's obviously will be will be slightly different as well. But predominantly, if you're to look at it from an outside perspective, we're all you know we're all pretty much um, pretty much the same, very similar in how we do things. And all you've got to do is look at um, look at all our Instagrams, look at the website to see the results that are produced and the results the results that were produced. Phenomenal ones in the first lockdown. I have no doubts that um, we'll see even more here in the second lockdown. We've got some clients um, that are prepping right now that are that are starting to look the fucking business. The ones that are doing the sort of April show, um, you'll know who you are. Listen to this. Um, it's exciting from a coaching perspective. You know they're checking in three times a week, and you start to see them getting leaner and leaner, and then they check one check in. It's like boom, big drop, best condition. You're like, damn, here we fucking go. And and that's something that it was there last year um, for photo shoots, but have that back for shows this year is class and. Regardless of whether it's a photo shoot or a show, it's still the same same idea. I've got some clients that are they're doing photo shoots um, in April as well, and, and the, the same thing. And the same, I'll get the same response when I do a check in. And yeah, I, I missed that. You know, the, the first the first sort of month or two of the, that first lockdown, we missed that um, until some clients had sort of decided that they were going to do a shoot, and they, and they did. And yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here. I'm sure if you you listen to these podcasts or you're my client and you you sort of get a check and response each week you know that i like to ramble um as a another side note if there's any sort of episodes that you want covered any guests that you would like on please do drop me a dm on instagram just say hey Vaughn, i listened to that podcast where you said um could you maybe perhaps cover this topic that topic i know i've covered a heck of a lot and i had a lot of guests on but there's still so much more that can be covered and as always you know i'm trying to add as much value um, to your journey everyone's sort of journey within the fitness industry or bodybuilding scene that i can so please do let me know but wherever you are, um, I hope that you're safe. I hope you have a good day. And make sure that you give it the big beans, the whole beans, and nothing but the fucking beans.